Welcome everyone to Breaking Open the Word, the Sunday edition of the God Minute. I'm Father Michael. Beloved of God, today marks the third Sunday of Lent. I hope that you've been able to take advantage of some of the offerings that we've had, like the book club and the opportunity to access the 90-second videos of the Word of the Day. You know, all of those things are meant to help us grow in holiness in our Lenten journey. And today is no different. Today, the, the gospel chosen for us is taken from the 13th chapter of Luke's gospel. It's verses 1 through 9. So before we proclaim that word, let's just take a moment to kind of place our hearts and ourselves in a quiet position, a quiet place, in order that the presence of God might surround us as we listen to this passage from sacred scripture. <clears throat> Some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. He said to them in reply, Do you think that this is because the Galileans suffered in this way that they were greater sinners than all the other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, we'll all perish as they did. And then he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit from this tree, but have found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it just for this year, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, then you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In a large city, a priest parked his car in a no-parking zone because he couldn't find a metered space. He put a note on the windshield wiper that said, I have circled the block a hundred times. If I don't park here, I'll miss my appointment. Forgive us our trespasses. When he returned, he found a citation from a policeman along with this note. I've circled this block for 10 years. If I don't give you a ticket, I'll lose my job. Lead us not into temptation. <laughs> I love it. How can a good and loving God allow bad things to happen to good and innocent people? This is the first thing we think of when catastrophes happen, especially when they happen to us or to people that we know. Why does God allow evil to exist? 
How can God just stand by and watch as hundreds of people are killed by a pandemic? Why does God allow people in leadership who are supposed to care for people start a war in a land not in their jurisdiction? Why would God allow good people of faith to be gunned down in their house of worship? How can someone who has never smoked a single cigarette die from lung cancer? How does a perfectly healthy young child who has brought such joy to his parents, who never thought they could have a child, die abruptly from an infection? Where is God in all that suffering? These aren't rhetorical questions. Good people who have trusted in God their entire lives have asked these hard questions. And you know, it's easy to blame God for circumstances that are beyond our control. If God is really in charge and he lets terrible things happen to people, well, the only logical explanation must be that somehow these individuals must have deserved it. God must be punishing us for something we've done when bad things happen, right? Well, it's the only way we can make sense of it all. Either that or he's not the good and loving, all-powerful God we have been told he is. Besides, if we blame God, it takes the responsibility off us. In the Gospel of Luke, repentance is mentioned more often than any other book in the Bible. And as we all know, repentance is a major theme during the season of Lent. We also say that repenting requires being sorry for our sin. But repentance is much more than telling God we're sorry. Someone much wiser than I once said, an apology without change is just manipulation. Hmm. In truth, repentance isn't just saying you're sorry for what you've done wrong. It requires change. How many times have you gone to confession and said, well, I I guess my sins are the same this time as they were the last time I was here? On one hand, it's terrific that you've not found new and greater ways to sin. But on the other hand, isn't it time to start working on some behavior modification to finally pluck that thorn out of your side? Look, here's what I think. Repentance is more than just turning away from sin, going to confession. It's about turning towards God. It's about allowing Jesus to help cultivate the goodness within us. It's about recognizing the love of God for us. Our act of repentance isn't about trying to earn God's love. It's about being the best me and the best you that God has created us to be. He already loves us, and his forgiveness enables us to soak in the grace that he freely gives us to know his love is already there for us. I believe that more often than not, 
we forget about how much we are loved by God. Most, if not all, of our problems stem from a lack of that awareness. I mean, let's face it. How often have you felt worthless, rejected, or simply that you're not good enough or that no one thinks you're worthwhile? Beloved, jails, hospitals, nursing homes, and in fact our schools and places of business are filled with people who feel lost, worthless, and even unloved. Fortunately, we have a loving Savior who thinks that we are good enough to work with us and build us up and give us grace and mercy and love, all so that we can become fruitful and aware of the incredible persons he has created us to be. In the tender compassion of our God, when we repent and turn towards God, we're not only forgiven, but given the grace to forgive ourselves and our brothers and sisters. In this way, we can really bear great, beautiful, and nourishing fruit that will endure forever. All of this from a God who thought we were worthy enough to suffer and die for us, that we might have life to the full. Take advantage of the opportunity to repent and turn towards your loving God. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Take good care of yourself and one another, and we'll see you tomorrow.